Good morning. Today's daf is daf chof dalit. We're going to go from the tenth last line of chof gimel amud base twenty three b. Today she is liilu nishmas ben Sion ben zeev avram halevi shulamis bas ben Sion morachai. Yeah, shulamis bas ben Sion morachai. David Yisrael ben Chanoch Yitzchak and Yehudis Ida Bashmul. May the Neshamas have an Ali and may the memory be a blessing. It's also for a full Shlema of uh, Ruvain ben Leah. May he have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, so remember yesterday we were discussing, oh, and today, regarding the Omer, today is the 38th day of the Omer. Hayom um, so regarding the yeah remember we were discussing if the we start off with the discussion of is the we, we mentioned that there's two types of taking out the ashes there's the trumas hadeshan and then there's the hotsas hadeshan the trumas hadeshan was a daily avoider where the Kohen would take a shovelful, we'll discuss in today's daf how much, a shovelful of ash from the pile of ash on the Marocha and put it on the east of the ramp. Then there's another procedure mentioned straight after it in the Pasuk is the Hotsas Hadeshin, the removal of the ash. Rashi learns that when, the, when there would be too much ash on the Mizbeach that it started getting in the way, then they would clear it all off. Take it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly where they took it, but if not outside, if not outside Yerushalayim, at least outside the base Hamikdash, I remember El Beis Hadeshin to a place where they used to keep the ash. I just don't remember if that was outside um, the base Hamikdash or even outside Yerushalayim. But they would take it properly out and basically clear all the ash. Now we were discussing. We mentioned that. We mentioned Machlokes Tanakam and Rabbi Eliezer. Are they considered an avoider? And the main ramification that we came up with was would the could a Kohen who's a Balmum perform that avoider? Generally, if it's what's classified as an avoider, the Kohen has to be unblemished, list of requirements um, elsewhere. He has to wear the big day kahuna, etc. But by the Trumas Hadeshen and the Hotsas Hadeshen, does he have to actually be, um, that, is it an avoider, does can a coin who's a Balmum uh, perform that? Now then we mentioned, we added a layer to that, Omer is lokish ka machloikes batso kach machloikes baharomen, Rabbi Yochanan Omer machloikes batso baharomen, tivra kol avoidahi. In Rabbi Eliezer, when he came along and said that a coin who has a mum can do the, Hotsas Hadeshen, he didn't specify anything about the Haromas Hadeshen. So um, Reish Lokish says, just as an Hatsas Hadeshen is not an avoider, well, it's actually the other way around. It says that the Kohen only has to wear two big day kahuna to do the Haromas Hadeshen, and so too for the Hotsas Hadeshen, and therefore it's not an avoider. And Rabbi Yochanan says, no, Trumas Hadeshen is an avoider, Hotsas Hadeshen is not an avoider. Name a Ketnai. So let's suggest that this is actually a Machloikas Tanaim. I whether it's an avoider, whether Trumas Hadeshin is an avoider. It says Alpus, or we're going to go through the Hal Brysa, and then at the end, at the top of the next Amud, we'll point out how it is a 
how this ties into our machlokes. So he says, name al The Torah says that the coin must wear his clothes on his flesh. My time with Lomar, Yilbosh. So why does it have to come along and say, and he will wear them? We already, it's an extra word. It says, Lahavi mitznefes for Avnait Laharoma. Divrei Rabbi Huda Rabbi Huda says it's coming to include that he has to wear the mitznefes and the Avnait to do the Trumas Hadeshin. As I pointed out, it only says the pants that he puts on the pants and the shirts to do the Trumas Hadeshin. So that would, um, so how do we know that he wears the pant, the hat and the belt as well? So that's because it says Yilbash. Rabbi Doi Sa'omer, no, the word Yilbash doesn't come to include that. That's coming to teach us that the linen garments that the Kohen Godel wore on Yom Kippur, a regular Kohen, after he's finished Avoida with them, a regular Kohen can wear them. Rebbe says, I have two responses to your opinion. Firstly, the belt that the Kohen Godel wore on Yom Kippur is not the same belt that the Kohen Hedjot wore the rest of the year. Remember, we had this discussion earlier. We actually mentioned this exact piece. But we know what we know that the Kohen Godel had a very colorful belt. Shatner's wool, mixed of wool and linen and colorful wools. And the what belt did the regular Kohen wear? So according to Rebbe, the regular Kohen wore the same belt as the Kohen Godel. Therefore, on Yom Kippur, when the Kohen Godel's wearing, <coughs> on Yom Kippur, when the Kohen Godel's wearing the a linen belt, a pure white linen belt, the Kohen Hedjot can't wear that the rest of the year. So that's Rebbe's first point, and then he says. And secondly, these clothes that the Kohen Godel wore to go into the holies of holies for the most high, severe highest level of Kedusha, you're going to now say, he can come and wear them for regular purposes. No, Rebbe's not happy with that idea. Says, Rather, what does the Torah come to teach us with this extra word, Yilbosh? The Rabbis S. Haschokim to include worn out clothes right? that a Kohen as the clothes don't have to be brand new but as long as they're not torn they're just a little bit worn lost some of their shine they are kosher for big day kahuna now we just finish off the discussion that we just mentioned the basis for whether the Kohen a regular Kohen can wear the clothes that the Kohen Godel wore on Yom Kippur for the rest of the year can a, can a, the, the clothes that the Kohen Godel wore for, the, for Yom Kippur, can a regular Kohen wear them the rest of the year? So he says, Shem, the Pasuk says, after the Yom Kippur Avodah, he will leave them there. That teaches us that they need to be buried. And they can't, once they've been used on Yom Kippur, they can't be used again. No, a regular Kohen can use them. Umatam, oh, granted, the Kohen Godel can't use them, and he can't use them for another Yom Kippur. They can be used by a regular Kohen. And why does the Torah say, leave them there? Oh, they must be left there, left from being used for another Yom Kippur. Okay, so that's the Machloikes, Rebbe Yehuda and Rebbe Dustai. And now we're going to show how this tie into our Machloikes regarding... Does Trumas Hadeshin, is Trumas Hadeshin an avoid or not? Would the Kohen be wearing for Begodim or not? And can a Kohen who's a 
Balmum to that void us. He says, My love, Bahokamifliki, it must be Rebbe and Rebbe Doisa. I, whether, how they learn Yilbosha, how they learn, um, Alba, sorry, Alba Sora and Yilbash. So he says, So, my love, their argument must be based on the Mars of our avoidahi or Mars of our love avoidahi. The one opinion holds it is an avoider and the other opinion holds it is not an avoider. I, Rabbi Yehuda holds it's an avoider. And that's why Yilbosh has to come and include all four begotten. According to Rabbi Dusai, it's not an avoider and therefore the word is not coming to tell us to add begotten. It must be coming to teach us something else, which is, he says is to teach us regarding the begotten by Yom Kippur, what to do with those begotten. But again, that would be the exact machloikas that Reish Lokish and, uh, and, Reb, and Rabbi Yochanan have. Is it considered an avoider? Would he have to wear all four begotten? Law. That's not necessarily the machloikas. The Kuli Alma avoidahi vahacha baho kamifligi. Maasova tricha kroiler buye, maasova loy tricha kroiler buye. Not necessarily, because maybe the one opinion holds you need a posok to come along and say, include the other begodim. And Rabbi Dusai would say you don't need the posok to include the other begodim. They both hold that Truman's Hadeshin is a proper avoider. And the question, according to Rebbe, Yilbash is necessary by the fact that the Torah only lists he must put on his shirt and his pants. We need the Pasuk to come along and add in a word so we know to add in the belt and the hat. Whereas according to Rebbe Dusai, that's so obvious. If you have to wear specific sh- um, sh- uh, shirt and pants, obviously you have to, the coin would also have to wear the other big day kahuna. It's implicit. It's obvious. And therefore... It must be um, um, and, and must uh, therefore Rabbi Dusai says it must be coming to teach something else and not regarding the extra begotten. Okay, so that's uh, that resolves that discussion. Again, um, let's go back two steps. The Tanakama holds that it is the Hotsas addition is a proper avoider. And Rabbi Eliezer holds that Hotsasa Dashin is not a proper, is not really an avoider. He might still learn you have to wear big day kahuna. Depends how you exactly understand Rashi and the Gomorrah. But at least the coin is a Balmum could do the Hotsasa Dashin. That would be the Machloikestan Akama and Rabbi Eliezer. We then added a layer, Rabbi Shimon ben Lokish, Rabbi Lokish, and Rabbi Yochanan, whether or not a Kohen who um, wh- how does th- is this also by the Truma Sadeshin that it's not Lemach Loikes, that it's not an avoider contribulator, or is it only by Hotzar Sadeshin? Um, I'm just going to mute everyone, there's a lot of background noise. Okay, um, now we go on, we mentioned that Truma Sadeshin, the Kohen takes a shovel full of coal. So boy Rabbi Avin, Truma Sadeshin Bakama. How much does he have to separate for Truma Sadeshin? And he gives what he thinks are two options of the most the most reasonable option. He says, Mitrumas Masa Yalfinad Law Trumas Midian Yalfinal. Do we learn it from Trumas Maser or Trumas Midian? 
What's Truma's Maaser? So you know, a farmer, obviously, he separates Truma and gives it to the coin. He then separates from the remaining grain after Truma 10%, and he gives that 10% to the Levi. The Levi has to separate 10% of that to, and give it to the Kohen. So Truma's Maaser is 10%. So maybe he has to look at the pile and estimate 10% and use that, and that's how he does Truma's addition. He takes a shovel full of about 10% of the ash on the Mizbech. That's the one possibility. What's Truma's Midian? So Truma's Midian is very interesting. That was when the Jews fought the Midianim. Remember, they tried to hire Bilam, who didn't manage to curse the Jews. So then they sent in their daughters to seduce the Jews, which caused a whole plague. Because of that, the Jews went and attacked Midian in revenge, and they brought back all uh, spoils of war. So what did they do with the spoils of war? So it says they had to give one five hundredth of what the soldiers had left to the Beis Amigdash. So Truma's Hadeshen, maybe we learn it just as they, that Truma, so to here, it must be um, one five hundredth. Um, and that's, the, yeah, the Psukim used the, um, by, um, by Truma's Maser, it uses the word Vahirim, by Truma's Midian, it uses the word Vaharamos, very similar to um, the word we use by um, Truma's Hadeshen. Tosfos, interestingly, asks, he says, wait, but why don't we learn it from actual Truma? There's no actually Doraisa, there's no set amount for Truma. It could be one grain or half a pound or half, or half your field, but there's no set amount for Truma. Um, that's one question Tosfos asks. Also, what, what about Chala? That's also called Truma. Okay, so Tosfos answer why those he didn't think. But the Gemara comes along and says, neither of those. It says, Toshma, listen to the following price. The Tori It says here, by the Trumas Hadesh and Vahirim, and it uses the same word by the Mincha offering, Vahirim. Uh, he takes from the flower in the bowl. How much does he take from the flower in the bowl? A Kamitza. So he says, Malahalen Bekonso, Afkan Bekonso, just as there it's a Kamitza, so to here it's a Kamitza. Rashi, very interestingly, says here, um, he says, obviously it doesn't mean literally a Kamitza of the. By the mincha, we know the coin has to take exactly a, 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 a kamitza with his hand. But by the Trumas Hadesh and Rashi says it can't mean that. Because remember, what's, it's a pile of ash and coal. The coin can't stick his hand into a pile of what's called remets, ash and coal mixed together. He'll burn his hand. So it must be when he takes a shovel full, he estimates um, that amount. Omarav. Um, yeah, now we, we've touched on, so we're going to go and discuss what avoiders can... Uh, is, we know, obviously, a non-coin is not allowed to do the avoid in the base of Mikdash, but there's certain avoiders that are very strict that if a non-coin does them, he would be high of misabidash or mine. Again, not by human court, but by heaven. So he says, Rav, Rav says, There are four avoiders that if a non-coin does them, he would be high of misa. Zrika, haktora, venisu, chamai, venisu, chayayin. Any form of sprinkling on the Mizbeach, I sprinkling the blood or something else, and burning stuff on the Mizbeach, anything that has to be burnt on the Mizbeach, if he puts it on the Mizbeach to burn, um, water libation, that's on Sukkot, and any form of wine libation. The Levi Omar, after Trumas Hadeshen, Levi says even the Trumas Hadeshen, if it's done by a non-Kohen, it would be Chavis Abideh Shomayim. Levi, 
and also like we taught in a Brisa Aftrumas Hadeshen. He says, My time at Rav, what's the source of Rav? I Rav brings those four and he leaves out Trumas Hadeshen. As the Posuk says, You and your sons with you. This is speaking to Aaron. Tishmuru as Kuhunas Chem, you must guard your Kuhuna. The Chol Dover Hamizbeach. For everything necessary for the Mizbeach will be based on the and what happens within the curtain are in the Kodesh HaKadosh and Vavad Atem and you will serve there. Avoid us matona at etain et kuhunas chem the service as a gift I have given to your kuhuna v'hazor hakorev yumas and the non-kohen who does these services or he comes close to do these avoidance yumas will be put to death. Now it uses the word that matona. So he learns avoid the matona below avoid a siluk. It's specifically avoiders of application of putting on the mizbeach and not avoiders of removing from the mizbeach. Remember the trumas adeshen is is not like putting blood on the mizbeach or burning parts of a sacrifice on the mizbeach. It's removing from the mizbeach. So by the fact that the posuk used avoiders the phrase avoiders matona, it's excluding the trumas adeshen. So that's Rav's source. He says Velevi. Oh and then sorry I left left out alarm. Vavadatem and you shall serve Avoida Tama, that means the concluding Avoida, Avoida Avoida, and not an Avoida which has a follow up Avoida. For example, when you shecht an animal or you receive the blood, that's not the conclusion. You still have to carry it to the Mizbeach and sprinkle the blood. So that's the concluding avoider would be sprinkling the blood. But carrying the blood to the Mizbeach, even though it's an avoider, a person who does that would not be Chav Misa. A non-coin who does that would not be Chav Misa. He might still be Chav Lashes because he's not allowed to do that avoider. But if he does, at least it's not Misa Bidei Shumayim. So according to Rab, there are actually two criteria to be Chayav Misa Bidei Shumayim. A non-coin who serves in the base basement. What is that? It must be a matona. It must be an application, putting putting something on as opposed to removing something. And it must be a concluding avoider, not a first part in a, or a not parts in a few stages. The Levi, and how did Levi learn? Says Rabbi Rachman, The Torah comes along and includes says everything for the mizbech. So that's including the trumas hadeshen. Says Varav. Oh, why doesn't Rav include Trumas Hadeshen from this word, everything necessary for the Mizbeach? He says, no, this is including the seven sprinklings that are performed in the Heichel. Let me just check, is that? Yeah. And the sprinklings of the Mitzorah. Remember, there were very, a very select few, but there were certain animals where certain korbanos, um where the Kohen would take the blood and sprinkle it in the Hefel towards the Kodesh HaKadoshim, towards the curtain hanging in front of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So that's Hazol Shebifnim and Sheba Mitzora. There's not They're not an application to the Mizbah, but they are included. Of a Levi, where does Levi know to include those as a Chai of Misa? It says, mi Dovor. V'chol dover. It could have just said dover, and it says v'chol dover. Averav dover v'chol dover. Loy dorish le. Loy dorish. He doesn't think that makes that's a. He doesn't learn a drosha from those words. So in short, 
In conclusion, again, the main, the one avoider that we've seen a machlokes on is the truma sedation. Rav learns that the two requirements for spring for being higher for a non-coin doing avoider is it has to be putting on the mizbeach and sprinkling the uh, sorry putting on and a concluding avoider, which putting on the mizbeach excludes truma sedation which is putting on the Mizbech. Levi came along and he said, no, the Torah comes along and says, and everything to do with the Mizbech, I, that includes the Trumas Hadashen. Rav says no. Rav, and then Rav and Levi, they learn the next point from different points, but they both agree that the seven sprinklings towards the curtain, or the sprinklings that he would do, I think it's with the oil of the Mitzorah, um, they're not technically connected to the Mizbech, but they are included in this Isur that if a non-coin does them, he will be Chayev. Now Levi said, um, we're now going to challenge the point that Levi said that L'chol Dovar HaMizbech includes the Trumas Hadeshen. He says, V'eim L'chol Dovar HaMizbech Klal, Avoidas Matona Prat, Klalu Prat, Klalu Prat, Ein Prat. We should say, when the Pesach says anything for the Mizbech, that's a general phrase. That's very inclusive. It's a klal. When it says specifically things that you put on the Mizbech, that's a prat. We know that one of the ways of learning our psukim and the halachas from them is if it's a klal or prat, you basically learn just the prat. So how does Levi learn it as inclusive when it seems to be a prat? Klal or prat? Eimbechal elamashem a prat. Avoidus matona in. Avoidus... Siluk law, it would seem to say specifically an avoider of, applic- of application, putting something on the Mizbech, and excluding an avoider of removal. So Omar Kroh says, no, the Pasuk says, Unmi Basla Paroiches Vavadatem. So what's that saying? Elmi base la paroiches who to avoid us matona velo avoid us siluk. No, when it says avoid us matona, that's going back on base la paroiches and not the avoid of removal. Ho bechutz afilo avoid us. Sorry, when it's sorry when it's inside the paroiches, that's an avoid of matona and not an avoid of siluk. Ho bechutz, but on the outer altar, afilo avoid us siluk. Even removing, you'd be chayav for. I, that part of the Pasuk interrupts the Klaluprat because the Pasuk goes as follows L'chol davaram is beach ule mi beis laparoiches vavadatem avoidas matana so the this point of avoidas matana is going back one step on the beis laparoiches that's when it has to be the inner services have to be an application but the outer services are, are there's a break in the middle of that is not limited so that's how Levi learns says oh wait but we learned a second Joshua we learned from the phrase vavadatem it has to be a concluding avoider. Now you've just said that once it says la paroiches un, base la paroiches, that's a break. And therefore the phrase va should only be going on 
what's done inside. But on the outer altar, there would not be this requirement of a concluding avoider. And therefore, even an avoider which has a follow-up avoider, you should be higher for. And so the Gemara answers, no, the avadatem hadar arve crop. By the fact that it's a vov, on that phrase it comes in, includes, re-includes the whole pasuk. So, yeah. So this is the conclusion of working out Rav and Levi. But so far, the main difference we have, we well, we have two basic requirements that someone would have, two basic requirements for an avoider for it to be Chai of Misa Bezor. If a non-Kohen performs that avoider, he would be Chai of Misa. What are those two requirements? Um, a, it has to be Matona and application. And B, it has to be a concluding avoider. As I said, not carrying the blood to the Mizbah. Granted, that is an avoider. It's, it's got a follow-up stage, and that's sprinkling the blood on the Mizbah. So therefore, you would not be Chav Misa for carrying the blood to the Mizbah, but someone who sprinkles, a non-coin who sprinkles blood on the Mizbah, would be Chayav. Um, that would be the generals. And, and we also just brought that Levi learns from an extra phrase in the Pasuk, that it includes the Trumas Hadeshen. Okay. Now, the Gemara comes along and says, Boy, Rava. Rava asked. Yeah. So, so far, according to Levi, if it's in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, Azer is not higher for removing. But if it's in the Chotzer, he is Chayav for removing. That's the distinction we made at the top of the page according to Levi. So now the Gemara is going to ask, Rav is going to ask, what about in the Heichal? Uh, again, a, a little bit tricky, but if it's in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, it's only Chayav if it's an application, not a removal. In the altar, in the courtyard, it's Chayav whether or not it's an application or a removal. However, what about the Heichal? That's where the menorah, the shulchan, the mizbacha, katoris. What about an avoider that is removal in in the, in that area? Says boy, Rav, avoider siluk b'heichel ma. What's the halacha regarding removing things from the heichel? Lifnim medaminale or lechut medaminale. Is the heichel more comparable to inside either kodesh hakadoshim or is it more comparable to the courtyard? So harapashte, Rav then answered his own question. He says mi bayis. Ule mi bias. I could have just said mi bias. Mi bias le paroiches. Sorry, yeah. Which would mean just the paroiches. Just the Kodesh HaKadoshim. But it adds in ule mi bias to tell us that this law applies even in the Heichal. So this Isur of removing this that we said that in that Yeah. So this limitation that it can only be something that you're applying and not removing, 
would seem to apply to the Hegel. But the rule of an avoider done in the Hegel, a person would be higher for. So let me just check something. Yeah. So Rashi says the, the, the example would be if someone removes the ash from the incense altar, would he be Chayev? So according to how we've explained, no, the incense altar, the Heichal is like the Kodesh HaKadoshim, where an act of removal is not Chayev Misei if a non-coin does it. So removing the burnt incense, the ash of the incense of the inner altar, a person would not be Chayev Misei for that. Now the Gemara is just going to go ask a few questions. It says, Based on what we said, a non-Kohen who sets up the Shulchan, I puts all the Lechem upon him on the table, the showbread on the table, should be Chayev. Because why? He's doing, he's applying something, he's putting something, he's not removing something. And it seems to be a concluding avoider. Putting the Lechem upon him is the avoider. Says no, bazikin. No part of it is putting on the bazikin, the spoons with frankincense. Oh, sirul bazikin Oh, well, therefore then, if a non-kohen puts the frankincense, it seems on either they were put on top or next to the piles of bread. But if he did that, he should be chayav. Isn't that a concluding avoider? He says no, ikasiluk Torah. No, there's still a following stage, and the following week he removes the bazikin, and he burns them on the mizbeach. So therefore, um, he would not be chayav for putting stuff on the shulchan. But Einachinami, we've already included anyone who takes something and burns it on the mizbeach is chayav. So yeah, so someone, a non-coin who would go and remove the bezikin and burn them on the mizbeach would be chayav. Then we say, okay, what about the following thing? Zeshe Sidres HaMenorah. A non-coin who sets up the menorah. Basically, in the morning, one of the coin would come and take off all the lamps, clean them out well, and put them back. So isn't that an avoider? That's setting up the menorah. That's an avoider. So the Gemara says, no, that's not a concluding avoider. It says, psilis. He still, psilis still has to put in the wicks. Oh, no, some psilis Oh, so you're telling me if a non-coin puts the wicks, he should be chayv? He says, no, psilis. Shemen, he still has to put in the oil, so he hasn't finished the voider. Oh, and also in Shemesh Lichayev, if someone puts the oil, a non-coin puts the oil, he should be Chayev, Misabidei Chumayim. says, no, Ikahad Loka, there's still the requirement of lighting. Ah, Hidlik Lichayev, so if a non-Kohen lights the menorah, he should be Chayev. says, Had Loka, sorry, Hadloka lav avoidahi. The hadloka is not considered an avoider. Very interesting. It seems why? Why is that? Why is that locker? Because all you do is you take a flame and you put it next to the wick, and then the wick lights. So the coin is actually not doing the lighting, and therefore it's not considered an avoider. Based on this, which I, I, I remember hearing, but I didn't get a chance to look it up. But based on this, I think the Rambam comes along and says that. You can theoretically get a non-kohen to light the menorah. All he would have to do 
is bring it out. You'd have to bring it out of the area because a non-Kohen is not allowed into the Hegel. So you'd take the menorah out of the area, let the non-Kohen light it, and then go and put it back in. Theoretically, that would be fine because we've just said that it's not lighting the menorah, it's not an avoider. Um, that's how someone will learn. Other one who learn is no, when we say it's not an avoider, we mean it's not a significant enough avoider to be high of misabidation to get the severe punishment. But it's still an avoider that would be a negative commandment that he's not allowed to do. Um, another interesting question that's asked here is that the apostle clearly says that Aaron and his sons will light the menorah. Why does it emphasize that Aaron and his sons will light the menorah? If you, we've just gone through this piece saying that it's not really an avoider. So again, the answer, one answer could be just the first time. Setting up, the first time that it's lit and it must be done by Aaron and his sons, I Kohanim. From then onwards, it could be done by anyone. Um, or we could just say what we're saying here is it's not Misabide Shomayim. Now we're just going to challenge us. So we just said that lighting the menorah, lighting something, is not considered an avoider. The law is it not? Tanya, we learned in a The sons of Aaron will put the fire on the Mizbech and arrange the wood on the fire. Limod al Hatsos Alisa this is teaching us that the lighting of the chips of wood has to be done by kosher kohen and with the kli shores. It's a proper avoid. Remember, you got big logs on the mizbech, so they would first light little wood chips, which would then ignite the big logs. Um, that had to be done by a kohen. What do we see? Lighting things is considered an avoider because if it was not an avoider, it would not have it would not specify that it has to be done by Aaron and his sons. So the Gemara answers now: Hatzos ilsa avoider he hat lo ilsa avoider he had loka lava avoider he. No, lighting the wood chips is an avoider. Um, lighting the menorah is not considered an avoider. Um, yeah, I think the I think the explanation of this line is it's what's it's much more significant. Starting a proper fire and getting wood chips alight is a significant act. Although when you're trying to bry, especially or burn the chomets, how hard it is to get. For some reason, when you're trying to burn the chomets, it seems extra hard to get the fire going. But it would start a fire. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's. Challenging. You got to you got to apply yourself. You got to make sure you get it a light. Whereas lighting a candle is a very very simple act. So maybe that's the distinction. Um, yeah. And um, one interesting point I should have mentioned. Whenever we say it's an avoider, important to remember. And I think this would include uh, this. A coin would be if a kohen is not wearing his big day kahuna. For all intents and purposes, he's a he's a czar, he's a non-kohen. So even if you had the greatest kohen, the kohen gadol, and he, he's wearing his uh, smart suit and he comes in and he does the avoider, he would be the same as a non-kohen doing the avoider because he's not wearing his big day kohuna. The kohen gadol has to serve in his eight garments, and a regular kohen, whenever it's an avoider, it has to be done in his four begodim. And then the laws, oh, 
if that's the case, a non based on what we've said, a non kohen that sets up the pyre should be chav. Why? He's finished an avoida. It's a concluding avoida. He's set up the mizbech. There's no There's still the requirement of placing two logs of wood on it. Ah, Well, therefore, the, if a non kohen would place the two logs of wood, he should be chav. No ika sidur evorim. There's still the application of the limbs. I starting the fire is not the end of setting up the mizbech. It's just a means to burning the evorim on the mizbech. Of a whole omar. Ravasi, Ravasi said, Omar Biochanan in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Zeshe Sirushne Gizra Eitzin Chayev. He said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan that if a non Kohen sets up the wood on the, the pie on the, on the Mizbech, he's Chayev, says, Boho Pligi, Marsova avoided Tamahu, Marsova avoided Tamahi. Yeah, this is actually a Machloikat. The one opinion holds it's considered a concluding Malacha. Rabbi Yochanan, uh, avoider. Rabbi Yochanan holds setting up the Mizbech and putting the two logs is an avoider. And that's the end of that avoider. Then putting on animals to burn it is a new separate avoider. But setting up the Mizbech is its own avoider. And um, Rebbe... Yeah, and the other opinion holds that no, setting up the Mizbech is only in order to burn animals, to burn parts of the sacrifices on it. And therefore... It's the start of an avoid. It's the start of burning the limbs. And therefore you wouldn't be chayav because it is not actually um, building it. It's, sorry, it's not actually a concluding avoid. Sorry, I feel like I missed the line. Oh, no, it's not. So now we've, we've discussed a few different avoiders. Do they meet the criteria of being, again, both an application and a concluding avoider? I would someone, a non-coin who does them, be chavmisavideshomayim. And, and one of the main points in the starting point, the starting point of the discussion was a machloikes, Rav and Levi. Rav hold, held that he is not misa for removing the trumas hadeshen. And Levi held that a non-Kohen who removes the who does Trumas Hadeshin, removes the ashes from the Mizbech, would be Chayev. So Tanya Kavai said to Levi, Tanya Kavai said to Rab, Tanya Kavai said to Levi, there's a Brysa in line with that accords with Rab and a Brysa that accords with Levi. Tanya Kavai said to Rab, the Brysa in line with Levi, with Rab, says as follows, misa. What are the avoiders that a non-coin is higher for performing them? That you'd be high misa for? Zrikas dam, Sprinkling the blood, and even if it's within either Hegel towards the Paroiches, or even on Yom Kippur when it's in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Someone who uh, sprays the blood of a Chattas Oif or squeezes the blood of a... Sorry, sprays the blood of a Chattas Oif or squeezes the blood of a or burns 
The oilas are off. It's a different way that you would apply the blood of a chattas oif and an oilas oif, but both of those are applying the blood and obviously burning them. Or someone who does nisu chamayim, that as we said on Sukkot, pulls the three lugs of oil, or the three lugs of wine. So we see in what have we mentioned? We mentioned applying the blood, burning nisu chamayim and nisu chayayin. All of those categories, the four categories that Rav mentioned, we did not mention removing the ash. Tanya Kavaisa de Levi, there's a price in line with Levi. Avoidas Shezor Misa. What are the avoidas that a non coin is Chaimisa? Hamerim Esateshen. Someone who removes the Teshen. Vesheva Hazoisha Bifnim, Vesheva Matsoira. The sprinklings that are done in the Hechel and by a Matsoira. Vahamale Al Gabe Mizbech. And someone who burns something on the Mizbech. Bain Dover Kosher, Bain Dover Possel. Whether it's Kosher or whether it's Possel. There's certain times where Korbonas that are Possel, but if you burn them, you leave them on the Mizbech. So those things, if you burn, you'd be Chayav. Um, but in short, so we see a bracer like Rav and like Levi. So it's a machloikes. Not only is it a machloikes very early Amorim, it's actually also a machloikes tonight. Let's just start the next piece. Um, so he says, the Gemara asks, Lama Mephaisin, why do we cast lots? So asks, Lama Mephaisin, Kodamrin. What do you mean, why do you cast lots? We just saw on the previous page why it was so important to cast lots. Why? It, called, it was to save fighting. Where there was a void without casting lots, it led to murder. So, what do you mean? Why do we cast lots? It's no. No, the question is, why do we cast a lot? Let the kohanim go do what they need to do, then regather the kohanim and cast lots again. Uh, there were four casting of lots, and they might have been done some together. But why didn't they just gather all the kohanim together, cast all four lots, and then? You're done for the day with choosing who gets to do what. Why cast one lot, let the Kohanim go have a break. When they've done the avoider, cast the next lot. Why break it up? So Omar Rabbi Yochanan, G'day Lahargish as Hazorah. Rav says to create excitement in the courtyard. As the Apostlech says, And in the house of Hashem, we shall go with excitement. Aye, it's exciting. It, it reignites excitement. Let's go. We're going to have a lottery. Who gets to do which avoida? And there's that excitement in the air. As opposed to if you do it all in the morning, then by afternoon, some of the excitement will have worn down. It says, Bambama Faisim. Yeah, so that's a that's a, a way I was thinking that uh, we must take this into our own life. We must look for ways to throughout the day to try renew our excitement. Renew um, again. We start off the morning with uh, sometimes we're very positive and hopeful um, things for the day, and as the day wears on, we get a bit uh, worn down. We've got to think of ways that we can reignite the excitement of our in our avodas Hashem. Now, b'mama faisim. What would they wear when drawing the lots? Rav Nachman says that they would wear non-sacred clothes, either their regular clothes. And Rav Shesha says, no, they would wear the big day kona. Rav Nachman says, because Rav Nachman says there's a concern for very strong kohanim who would overpower the other kohanim and take the avoider. I granted you did a lot who gets to do Trumas Hadeshen. Let's just take that for example. But a much stronger kohen all dressed and ready to do the avoider might just push him out the way and go do it himself. So rather have this added factor that 
the Kwanim still have to go get dressed and then come back and do the Avoida, well, that's going to, what's it, um, make the Kohen more hesitant. The Kohen who, who won the privilege will go get dressed, and a Kohen who would have fought for the privilege, but now he still has to go get dressed and then come back and fight for you know, he'll just leave it. So that's Rav Nachman's solution. Rav Shesh is Omar, Big Day Kodesh, Diomar, Big Day Chol, Agav Chavusa, Mikreovdi. So Rav Shesh says, no, we better make them wear their Big Day Kodesh, because what happens out of his dearness and his love and excitement for the mitzvah, he's going to run and do it straight away as soon as he gets chosen and he's not wearing Big Day Kodesh and it would be invalid. So in case of that, make sure that he's wearing Big Day Kodesh ready to do the Avoida. Okay, we'll carry on analyzing their Machloikes um, tomorrow.